You're listening to the Arcade Vaults podcast, where we're chatting all things gaming. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Arcade Vaults podcast, episode 30. We have hit a milestone, the mm-hmm. big 3-0. Uh, we're, we're practically middle-aged in podcast terms. Um, every week we're talking about all things gaming. Uh, I'm back this week, and Tom and I are alternating every other week at the moment, just for uh, six weeks. Uh, so I'm back with Will and Kieran, who's returned from his podcast last week. Uh <laughs> Hi guys, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, I'm also doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> That's Yeah, enjoying the uh, inevitable coming out of lockdown mood that is prevailing throughout the UK at the moment. It seems to be there's a nice buzz coming, isn't there? Um, and hopefully we'll be back to record in well, back. I don't know if back's the right word. Hopefully we'll be recording in real life uh, together at some point in the near future, actually, in our studio that Kieran is desperate for us to get set up. Um, So yeah, coming up, we are going to be talking um, about quite a lot about Roblox, um, uh, hopefully, and and the uh, big scandal that is EA Gate. But first, here is this week's top stories. Okay, um, now I'm going to start with this story, and uh, it's it's basically there's been lots of Bethesda and Microsoft stuff happening this week. Um, I I confess, uh, and I think I've said this before, not, one not being a big huge Xbox fanboy, and two not being a huge Bethesda fanboy. Uh, I'm not completely familiar with it, but they did a roundtable, and I think Will, you you kind of saw a lot of this, didn't you? So you know, kind of. Yes, so basically the Xbox Bethesda deal has now been finalised. So they've officially merged, and I think they said something that they've got projects and stuff like that, that which they're going to announce in the future. But yeah, they did a roundtable, uh, most notably Phil Spencer and Todd Howard uh, were in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- they said quite a lot of interesting things. Um, so they were talking about exclusive exclusivity. So we've yeah. been talking and assuming that a lot of these uh, games like Starfield, Elder Scrolls 6, what have you, they're going to be available on every platform. Well, it, what they said was is that they're going to basically honor anything that they've uh, contractually abide to do. So I think Ghostwire Tokyo, Deathloop, they're definitely going to come out on PS5 as planned. And any live service kind of thing that they got going on, like your Elder Scrolls Online, like your Fallout 76, they're going to continue to support that. But mm. they very much made the point that uh, everything else, things that are going to be new, they're going to be exclusive to uh, devices that can su- that support Game Pass. So Which Game Pass, sense. Game Pass had a very strong tone in this entire roundtable. Uh, they talked about Bethesda joining because uh, the whole uh, making the merger because they were initial supporters of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just 
a lot of mentions of that. So that is very much, I think, the future for this Xbox Bethesda merger. We're going to see a lot on Game Pass, as well as they've put 20 classic games, uh, which I think are available now on Game, uh, game Pass, uh, Bethesda games, such mm. as your Dishonored games, such as your Doom 1s, your Doom 2s, uh, all kinds of stuff. Morrowind, Oblivion. Uh, so that's all uh, well and good. Uh, another interesting point of it, I thought as well, was... You know, obviously, we're never, we're not going to know all of like the bad parts of Bethesda, why they potentially needed to merge with Xbox. Mm. But uh, Todd Howard was talking about um, the problems that Fallout 76 had uh, very briefly. And um, he even said out that we let a lot of people down and there was little Mm. that we didn't screw up. But he was almost making the point that if they, with this merger with Xbox, they're going to be able to have fins in place, which can help them with making games in the long haul. And I think Mm. they said even just putting Fallout 76 on Game Pass has helped the user numbers get higher than they have before. Really? Yeah. And um, I think it's like, whatever business uh, Bethesda's business model was, their mm-hmm. plan was, it just associates very well with Game Pass. And one other thing that I thought was really interesting as well, and it kind of goes back to what Bobby Kotick from Activision, uh, the CEO of Activision, was saying in a shareholders uh, mm-hmm. meeting, was Bill Spencer said, our ambition is to get billions of people playing uh, on our devices and what our partners are making. So essentially the goal is from what was come out from xbox and activision now is that their goals is we're going to have billions of people playing our video games which is just wow. a very insane number to think just, I know. To just comprehend yeah oh that's interesting yeah okay kieran are you a, a big kind of um are you into xbox or bethesda stuff at all i mean so i i have game pass at the moment which i'm using oh, okay. through, through my pc mm-hmm. um and it is i mean it is everything people say it is it's incredibly good value um for what you get on there and i think there's like you know in a time now where we don't have so many demos as we used to it's really good for just jumping in and giving something a try if you're not willing to part your 20 or even 50 quid Mm. (laughs) just to try something um so i think that might partly be why fallout 76 maybe has jumped because yeah and it flops almost immediately. Yeah, well, that's because it wasn't good, though, was it? I mean, <laughs> people aren't going to spend fifty quid on something that everyone is saying is awful. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah. You know, if it's if it's part of you know, it's, that's that's the net Netflix model, isn't it? Um, what's um what's the subscription price to Game Pass at the moment? Seven ninety nine. If you, if it's, ugh. I mean, I'm on a trial at the minute, but okay. I think I believe if you just have it for PC, it's eight quid a month. Okay. If you have an Ultimate, so that's PC, your Xbox, and, and xCloud for your uh, mobile devices, I think it's £12 a month. See, that yeah. would be tempting for me, because I, I say that I'm not a big Bethesda fan, but actually that's not completely true, because like, when you were listening to games earlier, just a second ago, Will, I was like, dude, well, of course, uh, Sonic, <laughs> I love those games. Um, I have played Fallout 4, and it was enjoyable, if a little bit, long but you know they're, they're, they're good games so actually you know yeah maybe i should get it for the pc i don't know this is maybe i'm tempted i don't know well, i mean if you're interested in the future the bethesda titles i think i i do think that their future is games are going to be released on xbox series x and mm. pc as well as mobile as well when they can 
because uh, they were bringing up xCloud as well. In yeah, this. xCloud's a big thing, isn't and it? And they, they also brought up just a strong focus on uh, kind of community-driven projects and creator-driven products uh, projects. So they very much tried to get like a very positive tone about kind of the, the workplace and the future of it that's okay. going to be happening in this merger. Yeah, they've struggled with a lot of... Um... Uh, positive PR recently, haven't they? They haven't. They haven't had a a good. Is that would that be fair to say? I think they feel, I feel like they haven't had a very positive. I feel like Fallout seventy six did a lot of damage on that yeah. kind of front. Yeah, but it, it's well, almost. It's also just been a long time since then, though, hasn't it? Like, it has actually. We keep forgetting how long that game has been out for. It's been a while, hasn't it? Because because I look because I I look at Todd Howard and I just think that like around the time Skyrim came out, he was like the internet just treated him as if he was like some hero and genius <laughs> and the time fallout 76 came out he was like the oh, the, the biggest the villain prime in the world. target the prime target <laughs> the memes and that kind of thing so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been and it's been a long time since then because to be honest with you uh, todd howard's name hasn't jumped up into my mind as of late yeah, fair enough i mean I, I, I you don't hear his name that often in well i haven't heard his name that often in the present moment so I think yeah. it's a good win, though, just for the kind of security for Bethesda's games in the future, because sure, they sure. have obviously like a rich history. They have lots of franchises. <laughs> so if this is able to give them the stability they need, then, you know, it's good I mean, to hear. Deathloop is one of the most interesting looking games that I've seen coming up in a long time. Which and, was? Uh, Deathloop. Oh, Deathloop. Yeah, yeah it's the arcane game, isn't it? Yeah. And I, um, you know... If it's going to be out on PC, because I'm not going to get access to it on a PS5 anytime soon, I don't think anyone is, um, then, you know, great, I'll, I'll go for it. So, you know, but then I'm thinking, well, do I buy the game or should I just get Game Pass? No. Anyway. Um, it's funny, like, I, I think the first time I was on this podcast was when they just announced the merger. Oh, yeah. And I said, and I'll, I'll say it again, because I want it to be heard. Oh, <laughs> my prediction is that either... Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6 will be a Game Pass exclusive. You will not be able to just buy that game. It will be just on Game Pass. That... I, think, I think that's true, judging by what Phil Spencer said. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 a, they, move. Game, Pass, game Pass is like on a threshold point, I think, now, and they probably need a big, ballsy move like that to just push it over the edge and make games, Game Pass so prevalent that basically it becomes everyone's Netflix. Yeah, um, as as um, mobile devices get better and and networks get better and 5G is more everywhere, um, for lack of I don't know what the technical term is, more widespread. Um, you know, it will be it will be basically like having a switch. Yeah. You'll play your well, your Elder Scrolls Six at home, and you can play it on the bus. Unless, of course, I mean, there's been rumours about XCloud appearing on the Switch for a long time, haven't they? And uh, whether they, if they pull that off, then that's it. You know, that's going to be the setup. Everyone's going to have a Switch, a PlayStation, and a, and a Game Pass. And <laughs> on top and, of all this, uh, they're talking about having XCloud on a PC so that you, so it's basically like Stadia. You you uh, can play your top notch, just released game on your PC that's a couple of years old. So it's I, it seems like. You know, yeah. like uh, Game Pass will just be yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's poised to uh, to take over, really. I, I, well, I, Tom and I always have conversations about my feelings on Stadia. I don't think, infrastructurally speaking, with the internet, we're ready for that kind of setup yet. So if they did do that, they'd still have to keep regular Game Pass going as well. Like I don't think it could just be X Cloud. But anyway, mm. um, 
All right. Well, uh, we'll find out more when uh, when they announce more. I guess they keep talking about it. It's a big it's a big news for Microsoft at the moment. So we'll probably hear more about it in the future. Um, right. Next story. Uh, I just this is a this is I had I had to talk about this uh, just because I thought it was just completely bonkers. Uh, so Rust, uh, a game which has been out for quite a while, uh, had a bunch of servers catch fire. Now, the way the headlines are played out in 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 the in the gaming media, it would seem like Rust was so popular that the servers just overheated and exploded. But I don't think that's actually what happened. It's it's a bit more um, serious than that. Uh, some well, the people who owned the the servers or peeked after the servers at the data center in where is it? In France somewhere. Um, where? Uh, anyway, Strasbourg. I'm not Strasbourg. sure that's the right pronunciation, but Strasbourg. Uh, yes, Strasbourg, Strasbourg, by, Strasbourg. By, yeah, something like that. Uh, they, they they just basically they burnt all the servers burnt down, and uh, there's no backup, so everyone's lost all their progress. Uh, who had their oh. progress on their servers? Um, which is it's crazy. So yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty grim, really. Um, yes, Rust, Rust is a game, a bit. I guess it's a bit like Valheim, and kind of like a bit like. You kind of go into a, a world and you build stuff. So people have spent like hours crafting these really massive bases, and uh, and uh, yeah, they've lost it all. Gutted. <laughs> That's all I say. Yeah, so Tom, Tom always brings up that when Rocket League uh, first came on PlayStation Plus, the servers uh, got were on literally on fire. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is just like an actual problem for like game developers. Like if they have like you know, so much data that they need to store and so much players that are playing it. Is that like an actual risk that comes I, from I don't, video games? I, I don't think it is. I mean, you, you, these, these data centers are set up to keep things super cold all the time. I've been in data centers. They're amazing, crazy technical spaces, and they have a lot of fire suppression systems in, in place for this kind of thing. But the, 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 it's not because of servers catching fire because they're overheating it's because of electrical faults and that kind of thing which you know so I, I, it's got to have been that i just cannot imagine that the servers were because rust isn't that popular a game is it i don't know i don't that's what i was thinking like it's been around for ages right like yeah. i don't know is it... <laughs> I, I knew it was i think it was getting more popular as because wasn't it being ported to other consoles I don't know if oh that yeah might... that's entirely possible yeah it's um because is it, is it still early access as well? Like, it's possible. I don't know. So we don't really know a lot about Rust other than it's an online survival game and its servers caught on fire. But uh... <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, just to uh, clarify. I don't. Uh, no one. I don't think was hurt in oh, the yeah, that's fire yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, data centers are very hands offish these days. I think so. There wouldn't be many people on site, but. Um, they've got the they've got the capacity back up by going switching to other sites, so it's not a massive massive uh, disaster. We we had to talk more about that just uh, something to the fight because I just thought you know, wow, service caught on fire because the game's so popular. It's, know, just, just... it's just something that I think is interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how many times it's going to happen to these popular games? Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of popular games, hmm. right? Let's get into the nitty gritty of this. Uh, so Roblox. Now, Roblox has been around for a long time. Um, we, in, I think, I think this might be both an age thing and a UK thing. I don't think 
Uh, we certainly have come across it that much here at the arcade vaults. Uh, I think it's very. I think the lockdown has helped it become more popular. But we're going to talk about Roblox itself uh, a little bit later, a bit more. Um, but what's happened is the uh, company that makes Roblox uh, went public uh, last week uh, on the eleventh, which was uh, four days ago, uh, and I'm um, oh, sorry, five days ago. Uh, at the end of the day, they ended up having a valuation of $38 billion, which is higher than the value of EA and Take-Two and Ubisoft on the market at the same time. It's incredible. Um, mm. I think the CEO, um, whose name is David Bazuski, uh, his own value went, because he, he would have shares in the company, went to $4.6 billion. That's that's the, that's what he has made out of that's three point three billion pounds. <laughs> and it's expected what? to get higher as well. The revenue is oh, expected yeah, to decline yeah. between fifty six percent and sixty four percent, which is somewhere yeah. between one point five four and one point five billion. That's just crazy. <laughs> Isn't that just crazy? So, so the Roblox. Uh, we'll link to the article on Eurogame on this, but there's loads of loads of articles. This has hit mainstream news. This is in the BBC as well. Um, Roblox has um, uh, benefited, like most of the industry, from the lockdowns that most of the world's been in. And so kids are at home and they've got nothing much to do. Uh, arguably, Roblox is, is more educational. It's not really... Well, okay, so Roblox is a, a game-making environment it allows players to make make multiplayer focused games within its platform and sell them potentially uh, there's articles about how people who have actually like two kids when they were 13 so on bbc uh made a game in roblox and and were able to pay off their parents mortgage when they were 13. Oh. i mean you know uh and it's incredible that we have we haven't really talked about it much before um actually yeah guys what do you think? <laughs> what do you say to that? Well, Where's... when I was a kid, uh, if there was one game that was big among everyone who was playing in school, mm. everyone would be playing it. So I remember when a couple people got into RuneScape, the entire class got into RuneScape because it was just a popular thing to do. Yeah. Now, uh, I remember back before the pandemic started and I used to see my family, I used to see my uh, younger cousins. And they always, every single time I saw them, would have their tablets out and they'd be playing Roblox. And they'd be really? saying, oh, that's the person I know from school. Uh, and, oh, this is where we're doing this. This is where we're doing that. So I think Roblox is just one of those things that's just caught on from that. But it hasn't just done it in, like, oh, it's popular in this kind of area. It's popular all around the world. Uh, I think I saw on Wikipedia, it says that uh, over half uh, over half the under-16s in the USA... Uh, of children play Roblox, that's, which is that's insane. An that's an incredible insane. number of people. Like, wow. I, I can't even comprehend that, right? So it's just one of those things that I think is just caught up from being the thing that you play and do in school. Yeah, well, this is the thing, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, I know your cousins, and I know lots of kids around that age because of the arcade vaults, and they kind of talk about Minecraft quite a lot. Minecraft is talked about, but... And, and we, we've run Minecraft events, but Roblox doesn't tend to get a lot of talk amongst adults. Just, I don't think people really had it on their radar. It's just a thing that was there. And uh, I mean, that's that's uh, certainly, I, I, I might be wrong on this because clearly there are a lot of people playing it. I don't know. It's, it's just... It's also it's free to play as well. 
So it's well, benefited from that kind of like Fortnite thing, right? Where, you know, if you have yeah. something, you can use it. And it's probably yeah. more accessible than Fortnite now because Fortnite, you can't get on Apple uh, products, I don't think. So uh, what, what, after that. What platforms are this Roblox on? I think it's on uh, PC, tablets. I think it's on uh, Xbox as well. But, um, you know, it's just that thing that you can, wherever you got, wherever you're borrowing a phone, wherever you're using a family tablet, wherever you're on your computer, you find uh you can go on it and uh, it's gonna benefit from the pandemic because it's your way you're gonna meet and speak to your friends in school right yeah true true and true. i think i think when you're comparing it to minecraft as well i think minecraft is able to kind of just have like i think roblox is a lot more simpler than uh minecraft so minecraft is able to get a more adult older audience through that whereas roblox is a game for kids at least that's my impression. Of it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's it's whatever you want it to be, almost like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> I think you can, if you want, just go into a, I don't know what they're called. I think they're called lobbies, maybe. Or you can go into a game and just hang out with it and use it as like a chat room or like a like a club penguin, <laughs> a modern yeah. version of club penguin. Club or Penguin's can... one of them as well. Growing up, everyone one person had club penguin, then everyone had club penguin. <laughs> Uh, or you can go into a shooting game or a driving game, and yeah, uh, I, and and also from a parent's point of view, it might be more happy with their kid playing Roblox than a Fortnite. Um, yeah, I, I have read stories in the past about Roblox having problem with its, um, say, management of the type of people that were signing up um and whether they were actually kids and that kind of thing I, I i parental controls and that sort of thing and i think they've improved that since there's those conversations because it is a very big space for kids to play in but so uh, yeah it, it's something that can go under the radar because you know you're not you we're not in that bubble of like playing roblox and knowing mm. people who really play roblox yeah. it, it reminds me of fifa ultimate team when i was growing up Right, because like everyone would complain about video game microtransactions and video game loot boxes, but the, there's tons of people who play FIFA Ultimate Team. But it was just a completely demographic of what you're getting at. Because I could see as a, a football fan and as a FIFA fan that people liked uh, Ultimate Team, but the stuff that they were doing was worse than I think any other game that people would rag on about, like your Dead Spaces or what have mm. you at your microtransactions field. But they kind of got away from it because, once again, different bubbles, different demographics, different people mm. playing your game. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to talk about a couple more numbers of Roblox, uh, I think uh, the last known active uh, active users, monthly users, was at 200 million. There were 200 million active users. I mean... <laughs> we talk about numbers a lot, but that's just 200 million. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, um, like Minecraft were very clever in the way they realised that kids were playing their game quite a lot and they could turn that into an educational tool. And yeah. uh, uh, I suspect that, uh, you know, it's because I think Minecraft is, there's an educational version used in schools and teachers can use it to teach stuff. Now, Roblox is is a bit more in some ways is a bit more educational because it's teaching people and kids and adults alike uh, to make games using the tools in the game so uh you know 
the, the, the last part of this article says they expect Roblox growth to slow as lockdowns lift and kids return to school. But I would imagine that now as a publicly traded company, there's going to be shareholders going, you know what, we should be going into education, we should be going into schools, and, you know. And then when that happens, everyone's going to be playing Roblox everywhere. It's just going to be... Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, he's he's certainly ambitious, isn't he? This chap. Uh, he's talking yeah. about building the Ready Player One metaverse. Like, <laughs> oh, is he talked about that? I didn't see that. Yeah. Wow. See article like, you know, sky's the limit. He's not. You know, I, I don't think when they talk about education, they're talking just about making games. I think they are actually talking about other kind of educational wow. uh, things you could do inside the game. Um, so it's just. Yeah, it could it could be a platform on which, you know, it could be it could be the next Facebook, like it, Facebook for for young people. Um, well, if you hear that Roblox have bought out Vive or something or uh, Oculus, then, and then and then the virtual reality stuff, yeah, yeah, that would be the next step. They, they've done concerts as well. Like uh, yeah, I think I Lil Nas, uh, you know the old town road uh, thing. He did a concert in Roblox. I'm not sure how that works, but <laughs> it's like some sort of like, as we say, Ready Player One video game meta kind of yeah v- augmented yeah. reality existence, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. It's mind blowing. I, I I know we, we just keep saying it's mind blowing, but it's just because it is. I don't think anyone. I mean, I think everyone knew it was popular, but just 38 billion in a day. Uh, anyway, um, we'll uh, we'll come we'll come back to Roblox a bit more in a minute. Um, and then this next thing is probably going to take a little bit more time. Uh, you just touched on FIFA Ultimate Team, Will. Um, well, well, well. Oh, I'm going to enjoy having a bitch and moan about this. Uh, <laughs> EA um, and FIFA Ultimate Team. There's there's been a scandal in the, the games world in in really short amount of time because you. This this happened between last week and this week. There's been there was nothing, and then suddenly in seven less less than seven days, there's been a whole thing happened. EA Gate, as it's been called. Um, so the story is that um, so do you, I don't, for people who don't know, FIFA Ultimate Team is a online trading card thing, and just like in any trading card thing there's a there's rare cards i think they call them in this one icons uh icon cards and prime icon moments these are cards that are very very rare that no one's ever going to get now apparently ea employees have been selling these cards to people and on twitter people have been tweeting actual evidence of what people are doing and offering to pay for these cards and but this just went on for a few days, and basically now EA have just gone, okay, we're we're just suspending FIFA Ultimate Team content indefinitely uh, off the back of this, and it's just it's just it's just they, 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 they've said that they're suspending all discretionary FIFA Ultimate Team content, so I don't oh, yeah, think so they've uh, they've stopped that. Yeah, I mean they haven't stopped FIFA Ultimate Team altogether. I don't think it's too much of a money making machine, but. Um, the 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 I just can't I just quite speechless really. I mean so okay there's a there's a tip there's a there's a to in some of these tweets it's in the article we'll share. Uh some of these tweets uh are of messages from conversations that these people who are exposed to scandal 
I've had with the EA employees. Uh, I think it's Ribeiro Bell on Twitter. Uh, he, I assume it's a he, uh, got a message saying people are paying 2,500 uh, US dollars uh, and they send them out every month. It's just a big regular thing that these, these employees have been doing, just making money on the side. And, and the car and the cards that we're talking about, like these icon cars, uh, I, I I saw I think that they've been new to this FIFA game, where essentially they're classic all-time great football players like yeah, yeah. Day, like Pele, Pele. Uh, and uh, they're borderline impossible. At least that's what the article says, because I don't play Ultimate Team. Uh, they're borderline impossible to get in the actual game, yeah. and yeah, yeah, uh, basically they're selling them off uh, to people for thousands of. Uh, pounds and euros uh yeah. just to acquire them yeah. it's bad it's bad that that someone saw an opportunity to do this and is charging people but it's almost as bad that someone's paying yeah. <laughs> that much thousands of pounds well, for this... a, a digital what why well, this this is, the pro- out of this is the problem because you know i hate using the term you know free market economics right if, if people are willing to pay it then people are going to Selling, right? Well, I mean... the, th- the thing is with these ultimate team cards is that you have to pay for ultimate team cards anyway. So you pay for them, and then you get like a random kind of yeah, loot, essentially loot boxes. Interest. Yeah. Well, essentially loot boxes. They are, yeah, they are loot boxes. They were... Yeah. So I mean, no, no. Uh, argue. Well, EA would argue that it isn't a loot box. So what's the terminology they use for it? Um... Mechanics. Sorry. Surprise mechanics. Surprise mechanics. Yes, it's not a loot box. It's a surprise mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't to you guys that was to ea i mean you know it's just it's just insane i i can't i have it's... i'm actually surprised that it came out this long that this is actually happening yeah, well, but this is the thing i think we all knew that this must have been happening right as soon as you monetize a part of your a part of your you know because because you, you you use these cars to progress right they're progression essentially isn't it is that right um... uh well i mean it's like you know uh, I mean, th- those cards that you have, they're like the best cards you can get in the game. So, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I've now got this guy on my football squad, so I can basically yeah. play this Win. all-star team, you know? Exactly. So, so it, it's, it, you know, as soon as you introduce a mechanic like that, it's going to get exploited. People are going to do this. And, you know, I, I just, yeah, you're right, Well, It should have happened much sooner. Um, oh, what to say on this? Uh, I don't know we, where we start, really. I mean, I mean, I will say right from Ultimate Team is. Uh, I mean, I've criticised it before, but this, uh, to a degree, this isn't the worst story that we've actually heard from Ultimate Team. Essentially, this. Is, I mean, I know, I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm not defending anyone for anything yeah, that yeah. they're doing, but like all this is is just some people who worked at EA and just went, "Hey, I can make some money off just selling stuff in the game." Now, I I think the the biggest problems with Ultimate Team just comes with, and I think Roblox, I mean, I, I you know, I, I can't say from any personal knowledge that uh, what I know what Roblox is doing, but Roblox uses microtransactions as well. And if yeah. you've got like these games, which are very much uh, appealing to young audiences, I mean, FIFA's yeah. for everyone, right? I enjoy FIFA, I've enjoyed it since mm-hmm. I was kid, I enjoy it now. But, um, you know, they can exploit young people in a pretty bad way or even just any vulnerable person and like when you have to pay money for this kind of stuff you know and there's been a lot of bad stories that's come from ultimate team and ea never do anything even when it's come from belgium banning 
it because they consider it gambling. It's just a matter of, well, it makes money. So why should we change? You know, yeah. and th- th- I mean, there's huge problems with this ultimate team thing. I mean, is this just kind of contributing to that? Yes, but what's going to change, really? Like, I mean, I, I genuinely don't know. I just think it-, it makes so much money that all this is going to be is, okay, we're going to suspend you or fire you and then just carry on as normal. And guys, you better make sure you don't do it again. Like, I, I don't think anything's going to come from this other than that. No, I, I disagree. I think I think the, the writing's on the wall. Uh, the Sunday Times did an investigation uh, last week or the week before. And, uh, you know, when the Sunday Times does an investigation, it's, its title is The FIFA's Ugly Game Worst Teams to Gamble. The, 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 you know, like you said, I think it's Belgium have banned it, Netherlands have banned it, and... Uh, other countries are looking at it, and uh, yeah, they get around it in the UK by using this surprise mechanics terminology and trying to. I think know. it's still being discussed in the UK. I, think I mean, it is, to yeah. be honest, to be honest, if something major happened in the United States, I reckon that's when that that, that that's going to be the thing that breaks uh, the, it. it, it, it is, take... Will it be the United States? Because it's FIFA, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it's the, yeah FIFA is FIFA like isn't Europe. a big. FIFA isn't a big seller in in uh, the US. That's why yeah, I think yeah. it would take it would take something over here to happen. I, I was I was thinking of like Star Wars Battlefront because Star Wars Battlefront was banned for a while. I think in some places. I think oh, it was even the... banned in Hawaii. But like, um, but yeah, it's just like my, my approach to that was almost like unless some big huge player comes out and says no, then nothing's going to happen. So in I'm. The Belgium thing is actually quite surprising that like they didn't change anything really with Ultimate Team after that, and they just kind of kept going with stuff and even added yeah. things like your icon icon cards and your prime icon moments because you know it's essentially adding more, putting more layers to this Ultimate Team, and obviously it's successful, and obviously to a degree, like of all the people who I know just play FIFA and love FIFA they're really into Ultimate Team. Like, because it's the thing that you can just kind of keep playing and that you can keep progressing. And, you know, the the time that you do get, like, a big player, that's a big deal for your team. Well, what, what will, what I think what's likely to happen, and I think you've been possibly right on this front, I don't think they necessarily will completely ditch FIFA Ultimate Team as a concept and, yeah. and the loot box mechanics, but they're going to have to start regulating it quite seriously. So uh, I think they, I don't know if they do at the moment, but I think they're going to have to start putting your percentages of your chances of winning um something a percentage of what your chances are of winning something out of a loot box because it, it'll be everything as gambling the other thing of course it will change the rating on the game as well because what's fifa at the moment free yeah. the lowest rating is peggy yeah Chris. exactly so, so if they if it suddenly becomes there's a gambling mechanic in this game well that's going to go up to 16 at least right or whatever the 15 16 rating is has to surely I mean, um, if if that happened, then like they would probably change something because exactly. you know, exactly. age age ratings are a big thing when, it, especially for parents, look at games thinking is this suitable for my kid, and days, just yeah. and you may think oh it's just a football game, but the moment you see something that says fifteen or sixteen or eight, eight I mean they oh this isn't suitable for them, so I'm not going to yeah. care for you. Um, Kieran, any thoughts? Um, it's just a real fall from grace from everyone's favorite uh, video game company. <laughs> oh yes, yes. We all had a, a lot of love for EA, didn't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying. I'm trying to remember the the last EA game I played that was um, like didn't make me feel scummy. Uh, you played Star Wars, didn't you? The um, single player Star Wars game. 
Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 honestly, I thought it was okay. I wasn't blown away by it. I enjoyed but you, it. But you didn't feel scummy playing it. That's true. I didn't feel scummy playing it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And that yeah. was quite successful, right? Like, I think they've sort of, yeah. That yeah, it did, well, it did well sales and it was a critical. IP, but, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Um, Mirror's Edge. I used to really, I think, Mirror's Edge was a really brave decision from them, and then they really, really dropped the ball on how they sold that game. I think that could have been a really good set of games. Anyway, I like that. Um, sorry, so I digress. Um, uh, you're right, we keep losing your heads, Kieran. <laughs> Fine, I'll hold it in place. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to touch briefly again on EA in a second. Uh, I'm just going to head to our little retro corner. Um, again, it's been a really quiet week for news. Um, uh, Will, you found this article, but I saw it at the same time that you found it. Um, this is kind of, if, you, if everyone's sick of FIFA Ultimate Team, then <laughs> you have an opportunity to go completely retro with a game released in 1988, uh, Microprose Micro Soccer. And it's gone out on Steam uh, as of last week. Now, I it was... actually, shockingly, I remembered this game. This is this is a top-down football game. Uh, this is proper retro. It's really enjoyable. It was one of the first football games uh, around. Yeah, so it was the one before Sensible Soccer as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, Micro Soccer wouldn't have... Uh, sorry, Sensible Soccer wouldn't have existed maybe without micro soccer um so um, <laughs> this is this is an interesting uh write-up here uh it does say in raw gameplay terms micro soccer was a deliberately comical affair with no attempt to provide anything even approaching realism found in later <laughs> games <laughs> with a disproportionately large match ball it does have the ball is actually bigger than the size of like the player's left you know shoulder width it's <laughs> it's a gigantic ball do you know um, what i was actually really surprised about so uh, on the uh, link that we have, um, it shows video of the Commodore 64 version of the game, which was the ini uh, initial version. You, yeah. There's a weather option in the game. And if you turn yeah. it on, there, there will actually be rain ripple effects. And I was so shocked to see that. Like it... But we had, we had ripple effects. We had, we had weather effects yeah, back Yeah, but just in, in this game. Just in this game, though. I just thought, oh, okay, it's a football game, right? So it's just going to be you pass the ball, whatever, because it's just like... It's very simple. And you know, I, I, I think it was sensible soccer I played, not this one. But I remember as a kid playing a football game and being in love with it, like a retro football game that had like a top-down view yeah. and where you just pass the ball and kicked and stuff like that. And I remember just like loving it and just being hooked on it because you just it's just so simple, so easy yeah. to get into. And it's just, I don't know, fun to play. And, uh, you know, I mean, the one thing that the retro games, especially the retro football games have to, to go for them is, is that they're very bright. And they're very inviting, so it's very easy to just kind of jump into and just run I, in and play. <laughs> I also find them. Uh, I mean, I you know, I I've played FIFA, I've played um, Pro Evolution, and I think Sensible Soccer and Micro Soccer and those kind of top-down games were just a little bit more arcadey, a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, you know, you just you, you, it wasn't realistic anyway. It wasn't a football sim, which I think is what FIFA tries to go for. FIFA tries to be a football simulator rather than a a football game. In video game form, you know, I'd so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a very old game. It's surprising that it's on Steam now, but it is. Can I, uh, the, one, the, the one thing I like about this football game as well is I had to look, and Wales is in it, 
because Wales <laughs> play all of these football games. So whenever I see that, I'm just getting very happy. That's that that sells it all right. It's got a happy. Um, oh, we won't, we won't talk too much more about that. But just you know, if you're, if you're sick of FIFA, go and play that. Um, well, just go play your old favorite football game that you used to have oh, yeah. growing up. I I forget all of that. I would go and play um uh, Pro Evolution. That's a classic Pro Evolution. I want to say 2004, 2005. Great, great years. Anyway, um, film and TV news. Um, it, it, scraping the barrel a bit in terms of this because uh, there's, there's not a lot. But I haven't. Don't think I've been on the podcast with you guys and had a chance to talk about this property anyway. Um, so the news at the moment is Haley Bennett joins the cast of the Borderlands movie in an unannounced role now. I don't know who Ellie Bennett is. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but uh, she was. Yeah, I mean, her previous work includes Killer Billy Elegy and The Devil All the Time. That's not the significant thing, though. That I think it was worth raising. I think we talked talked briefly about Jack Black being cast as Claptrap, but I when the, the, the article lists the rest of the cast in this film. Excuse me, a second. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, now. One, I didn't know that Eli Roth was uh, directing this. Mm-hmm. Two, we've got Kate Blanchett, uh, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, the actress who played young Gamora in the um, uh, Infinity War, uh, Ariana Green. I don't know who she is, but it's it's fairly significant here. You know, this is this isn't small fry. This this is they're making a big deal about this film. I mean, so, you said uh, you said you don't know who Haley Bennett is, but I think she does have like a long list of films that she's done. Uh, and if you look at people like Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Jamie Lee Curtis, they're not going in cheap. So this is no. a quite a all star cast, isn't it? Especially exactly, for yeah. you know video game movies, which are typically known for being not featuring all star casts. You know, more back then. You know, yeah, well, yeah, well I don't kind know. Of boosted up with Detective Pikachu and Sonic, haven't they? But yeah, they have. Yeah, but like I think you're right though. Video game casts tend to be, uh, if they go popular, tend to be a bit edgier. This this seems to be like they're really trying to make this work. And I, you know, what? I I don't know the plot of Borderlands that much. I know we're streaming it on the Saturdays, Borderlands Two on Saturdays. Um, do you guys play Borderlands? I haven't. I played a bit of two, and I couldn't really get into it. Okay. But it struck me that the story isn't really what people like about those games. It's the characters, right? The characters are meant to be... Characters and, and the general sort of gameplay loop, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's supposed to be funny as well. And, and it's funny, know. yeah. So Claptrap is meant Which to be is like a... I find weird that like Eli Roth, who's like a horror director, and the guy well, who exactly. wrote Chernobyl, the TV series, is doing this. Is it going to be a gritty reboot? Or is it going to be a very weird, in terms of tone mix of it's going to definitely be a mix this isn't going to be a horror borderlands thing because otherwise that just would feel very we don't know that eli roth is going to go all horror i mean you know they do you know it is it's it's the game borderlands or the series called borderlands is described as a sci-fi comedy shooter so you'd hope that uh if that's the main key takeaway is that the eli roth and the craig mazin i think the, the writer of Chernobyl was you think they can come up with something good? The cast certainly would. I mean, Kevin Kevin Hart and Jack Black are com- com- comedic actors, that's, that's right? What I think probably wouldn't be a gritty but reboot. Kate, Kate Blanchett is a bit sci-fi, and Jamie Lee Curtis is a bit horror-y, so it's kind of like a really weird. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I don't like I said I couldn't 
say off the top of my head what Halo I, Infinite I think this done. is something where like people who you know maybe they don't even know what Borderlands is right they go oh it's based off the video game I think they'll be interested to go and watch it just because it has just because yeah. it just yeah well because of the cast and just because if it becomes like this little funny kind of sci-fi weird mix of things yeah like yeah. I think as soon as you see the trailers I think a lot of people just go hey this looks pretty cool so let's go and see it I'm interested to see it and see what it's like to be quite yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's, I am too, and I don't know anything about it. So uh, there you go. That's um, that's pretty much it for uh, film and game news, and uh, that's pretty much it for top stories. We are going to go back to uh, one thing, though. Um, we do have a regular scumbag ribbon, which we award every week. Um, it, it's 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 a bit tenuous, really, because this one is like I would I th- I would like to propose that we award it to EA, but like I think they've just got a permanent shelf with like a permanent ribbon on it that just says scumbag i don't think this but do i wonder whether we could just award it specifically to the staff members who were selling selling the uh, icon cards the scumbag ribbon again though like i talked about earlier is that fair because they're just taking advantage of the the, the I mean, this is virtually the same thing. To at least, at least the way that I'm interpreting this is, it's almost like someone from, if Magic the Gathering or have you like a big card company, started selling like these new premium cards that were better okay. than everything there anyone had, and it was almost impossible to get them. And then actual employees were selling them off personally the, for their own money. But so, so really, it wouldn't be fair to necessarily award the ribbon to the staff members. Maybe just feed you know, it, would, it would go more. This is more directed to the staff members because I mean I don't want to really call anyone a scumbag to be honest with you, but like, <laughs> but like you know, like it, it, it's more going to them because they're actually doing something about it. Whereas EA are just caught in the crossfires of oh one of our employees did yeah, this because okay, because uh, EA don't want something like this to come out right because let's be honest they want all the money going to them for people buying these ultimate team card that. packs hoping that you get your icon cards. What do you reckon, Karen? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's slightly different to the card analogy, isn't it? Because presumably, well, I don't know, actually. I, I, in my head, I'm thinking they're just pressing a button and there's another card that they then sell for thousands of pounds. Yeah, but I think I that's what they do. I don't know if it's that simple or, is, or is, it, is it a card that exists in the system that they're now allocating to an account? I don't know. But uh, yeah, give it to them. They're there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> So the EA employees get the this week's scumbag ribbon from EA Gates, um, and now that is the end of this week's uh, top stories. Uh, so we are going to hand over to Scott, who is uh, coming back with his tales from the tabletop after uh, his very very successful stream on uh, Sunday this week of um, uh, our first D and D campaign. Um, one more about that later. Uh, anyway, any of Scott? Hello, folks, and welcome to this week's edition of Scott's Tales from the Tabletop. Um, it's been a bit of a hectic week this week in terms of getting these podcasts out to you. Uh, as I'm sure many of you saw on Sunday, just gone, which was the 14th. Uh, myself and a group of intrepid adventurers began the conquest of taking out the Cult of Dragons. Now, it seemed quite an apt 
time to start this because uh, if anyone's aware of Tyranny of the Dragons, which is a pre-written module by Wizards of the Coast, which takes into account the Horde of the Dragon Queen and the Rise of Tiamat, um, you are effectively your player characters and you know your player characters are involved in taking out the Cult of Dragons, which is led in the shadows by Tiamat, who is also known in the D&D world as being the Mother of Dragons. Um, bit apt that we started and kicked that off on Mother's Day, uh, Mother and Sunday in the in the United Kingdom. Um, I, no, nobody really put this together. Nobody really realised this until we sat down last night and went, "Oh, okay." Um, so it's definitely one to watch out for. Just to let you know, it's live on the Arcade Vaults' Twitch stream, um, which will be every Sunday moving forwards from seven thirty. Uh, apologies for anybody that tuned into the stream last night once again. I know we said it in the stream chat, but we had a few uh, minor technical issues uh, with the video stream, which we will be engaging and trying to work out ready for next Sunday's stream. Um, but it seems to be that this week's podcast, uh, whilst picking up a few bits of tabletop-related news, is going to be a and d themed podcast. So let's talk about the important news for this coming week. So as of Tuesday the 16th of March, those of you who have pre-ordered or who, or who have ordered in advance your Candlekeep Mysteries adventure, adventure modules, that is released on Tuesday the 16th of March. If you've ordered it on D&D Beyond, uh, it should be available for you and it will also be available in your physical retailers with a little bit of hope within the next seven days or so. Um, again, this is a set of 17 short stories set in the Fortress Monastery Library of Candlekeep. Um, it is designed for adventurers from between levels 1 to 16, uh, and each adventure begins with the discovery of the book, of a book, and each book is then a key to danger and glory that await. Um, they can be run as one-shot specific and plugged into existing Forgotten Realms campaigns, or adapted for other settings, and you also get a poster map of the library fortress and detailed descriptions of Candlekeep and its inhabitants. Now, I must admit, I've not rubbished this book, but I've been a little bit disappointed by the fact that it doesn't follow along in the same veins as the Ghosts of Saltmarsh. However, the more I read stuff like this, the more I see the articles that come out, the more my excitement for this book grows. Um, even if I bought this specifically for the information about the Library Fortress of Candlekeep and the descriptions of the people and its inhabitants and just the background information that's in the book, I don't think it would be a waste of my money. And then the fact that there will be a full poster map in it is also totally enough reason in my mind to purchase this book. Um, how, if any of you have ever purchased any of the previous adventure modules, you will be aware of the fact that the books are f the maps that are included in these books are finely detailed, of a good quality, and and perfect gaming aids. Um, the one that's in the the Waterdeep Dragon Heist is a fantastic map of Waterdeep, um, and if purchased separately, can anywhere be nominally sort of you know ten to twenty pounds. So it's. You know, if the book is only thirty pounds, you know, forty pounds, that's that's a chunk of your book there, in just map alone. Um, talking about the new uh, releases this week, uh, Wizards have surprised us all with their with one of their first major unearthed arcanas of twenty twenty one. 
Um, this is playtest material only, so I don't think it's followed into any specific places just yet. It's not got anywhere like D&D Beyond or anywhere like that. However, they have given us the option to begin testing playable races from Feywild. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Feywild setting, it's basically where all of the Fey creatures have come from. Um, this specific uh, area of book as well gives you access to four new playable races. So you have uh, fairies, which are, as you might expect, small, very small fae-like winged creatures who have typical fairy wings like the ones that you would expect to find at the bottom of the garden. Um, just having a quick scan over the, the stats for fairies, they have fairy flight, which means they can fly at equal speed to their walking and can hover. It is a magical flight and does not require the use of wings, which is fantastic. As fairy magic, because you are inherently linked to Feywild, you know druid craft and fairy fire as basic spells, which is incredible. Um, you can then cast fairy fire without expending a spell slot, which is, is pretty good too. But you must finish a long rest before you can cast it again. Um, you can also cast this using any spell slot uh, and there. Your spellcasting ability for Druidcraft and Fairy Fire isn't linked to your character's class, so you can choose Intelligence, Wisdom or Charisma, depending on where you go, which, which is incredible. And then a, a favourite for me for this is Fey Passage. You can squeeze through a space as narrow as one inch. That's incredible for me, Like it, it, especially if you decide that you want to go for some random combination of Fairy-based Rogue. Uh, you can literally just ease yourself nice and gently through a small hole in the wall and you've never had any trouble. Um, next on the list is Hobgoblins of Feywild. So let's have a little look. So Hobgoblins trace their origins back to Feywild uh, and they first appeared with their goblin and bugbear kin. Uh, they've left their mark on history because they are, a, I think they are a mix of goblin and, uh, and bugbear. Um, not entirely sure, not as big as bugbears but bigger than goblins I think. Uh, they've got some fantastic traits as well. They're a humanoid type creature with a medium size. Um, dark vision is standard, pretty good. Uh, most player characters these days, I hope, don't leave home without dark vision unless they get some other intrinsic benefit. Um, they have something called Fey Gift, which, which is pretty savage. So you can use this trait to help the. I'll start again. You can use this trait to take the help action as a bonus action. And you can do so a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. At third level, you can choose an additional bonus each time you use the help action, whether as a bonus action or an action. So let's have a look. So you've got hospitality. You and your target uh, of your help action gain a number of temporary hit points equal to 1d6 your proficiency bonus. You and your target... Uh, in each increase your walking speed by 10 feet, which is passage, and then spite um, until the start of your next turn. The first time you or your target of your help action hits a creature with an attack roll, the creature has disadvantage on the next attack roll that it makes within the next minute. So that, that's actually pretty good for, you know, Fey Gift is, is pretty savage, um, especially if you're in a tight situation and you either want to book out of there one of you's been wounded, or actually you're at the beginning of the combat and you think, you know what, I'm going to nail this, this individual. Um, 
I think this is possibly, and I hate to say this, Wizard's attempt at maybe breaching into the Humblewood world a little bit. Anybody that's familiar with Humblewood is it's a really wholesome, fantastically detailed setting set in the Humblewood where you play anthrop anthropomorphic animals. Now we've got owl folk and rabbit folk. So owl folk are a medium sized human with dark vision as standard. They can see the presence of magic and they can focus upon seeing it. They gain the ability to cast detect magic as a ritual at starting, which is incredible. And again, their spell casting spell casting slots aren't limited. They're they're chosen they're choosable. So intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. They have nimble flight as well. So you have flying speed equal to your walking speed. When you fall, you can use your reaction to make a DC 10 saving throw, uh, and basically stop falling until the start of your next turn. So you can sort of put your wings in and stop falling. Um, and because you are an owl, you have silent feathers, which means you are proficient in the stealth skill before you even left the ground. Uh, and then rabbit folk, again, a uh, humanoid medium creature. Um, you have <laughs> something called hair trigger. So you add your proficiency bonus to your initiative rolls. Pretty good. You have leporine senses. So you gain proficiency in perception as standard. Again, really good. Uh, lucky footwork. When you fail a deck saving throw, you can use your reactions to roll a d4 and add it to the result, potentially turning that failure into a success. Again, really good. <laughs> and my personal favourite, the, the last skill is, is rabbit hop. So once during each of your turns, when you walk at least five feet, you can hop, rolling a d12 and moving that many feet in the direction of your choice. This extra distance doesn't cost movement, but you can only hop if your movement speed isn't zero. Love that. That would be a fantastic opening gambit in combat. I think I can see rabbit folk heading down the rogue class route quite often. Um, and they're ones that I will definitely be investing in, in giving a go at some point, just as a warning to my existing dungeon masters. Um, as always, I just want to, I know we did this on the stream, but I just want to finish the podcast by doing a couple of shout outs. Um, one of those on the main shout out that I'm looking to do is to Inkblood Cartography. Uh, so Joe over at Inkblood Cartography is doing a lot of my custom maps for my homebrew world right now. And has, has basically set me up with an overview world of Morgovia, which is where my homebrew world is set. Joe's work is absolutely fantastic. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter as ink, at Inkblood Maps. Um, have a little look, let them know that I sent you, and hopefully you can start a conversation that way. Um, and before I run over my allotted time again, um, let's have a little look. There was one that I wanted to pick up, which is some custom art for the stream on a Sunday. I believe that is from uh, an artist called The Sleepy Pencil. Um, I just want to double check that actually before I shout out to the wrong person. Um, I believe it's the stream, the Sleepy Pencil anyway, but their artwork is absolutely fantastic. Check out the stream through the Arcade Vaults Twitch and all of the shout out links are in there. Um, and that's pretty much me for this week. If anyone wants anything, you know where we are through the usual social media. Uh, thank you guys and uh, best of luck and I hope the rest of the podcast goes well. Cheers. Uh, thank you, Scott, for your tales from the tabletop. Uh, we shall now just head over to uh, do our talking point of the week. Okay.
so talking point of the week it's um uh i don't know if talking point is the right terminology i feel like what this is going to be is a little round table discussion for us to figure out what a roblox actually is we're going to talk about roblox now it's very easy to google what is roblox and find out loads of information but um what i've got is this little primer article which is two years old now that i realized so it's slightly out of date so roblox as we touched on earlier has they've made loads of money it's worth i think adults get into grips with what roblox is and this article really sums it up very simply um roblox is two things it's an app store full of games and a set of game development tools that only works with that app store. Uh, the app store and its games are available on the web, Windows, OS X, um, tablet, and Xbox. Not on the PlayStation, interestingly. Is that true? Is it not on a PlayStation? No, uh, I couldn't find anywhere online where I said it was on PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Ah. But it's not really something that you use on that, though. I think like it is like the tablet, laptop kind of thing. Well, this is an interesting point. This is an interesting point. You guys talked about dreams last week, didn't you? And uh, briefly, uh, well, Kieran, you talked about. Did you? I think it was on the BAFTAs, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And dreams is a a bit of a one like this, isn't it? Dreams isn't really a game, is it? It's It's a creation tool, right? Is that fair to say? Well, (laughs) you could buy it and you could not make anything, you could just play what exists on there, which is what apparently 99% of Roblox users are doing. This is my point. So, so, you know, Roblox is, is Roblox is dreams without, but then before well, I think dreams. It's more, more, yeah. Yeah. It's more dreams as Roblox. <laughs> Roblox. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I kind of look at dreams as a little bit more as being like, well, just during seeing the way it's been described here as more as like a Mario maker kind of thing. Right, where okay. you can yeah, make levels yeah. and you can do them. Whereas Roblox, we were talking about Ready Player One. It's kind of more like that, I think, in the sense of you are a video, well, not a video game character, but you're a person and you've got a hub you where you can do go here, do this different thing, go here, do this different thing. You mm-hmm. can like dress up as a police officer, fireman, that's at least what I've seen from the gameplay of it from my memory. And, you know, there are like different like kind of game modes and stuff that you can kind of just go on. You know, and but it comes across. I mean, I may have tried to overcomplicate it here, but I think it is just very simple and accessible to do practically all of those fins, which mm. is why it's got the kind of the player base there has. I think it's definitely the social aspect of it that that separates it from from something like Dreams or something like that. And I think what what I can't get out of my head is that old adage of like the best inventions or the best thing, you know, products are just iterations of that which came before it. And so oh, yeah, it yeah. feel like just a mixture of all the big thing, you know, social media plus creation tool plus uh, multiplayer gaming all just put together in a way that's um, very accessible and immediately appealing. You know, visually, it's got that visual style that seems to be, um, you know, inviting and... It, yeah, I think that's what what's <laughs> based on my five minutes of research. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's I, I, be... <laughs> give yourself credit. It was at least ten. It was at least ten. <laughs> I, that's about you know ten, ten minutes less research than I've done on this. Um, it's um, the the so the other things this article talks about. 
is um, Second Life comes up quite a lot. A lot of comparisons to Second Life. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers Second Life. Um, Second Life was the first big virtual online world. Uh, people were going into Second Life and buying up virtual real estate to make set, like virtual homes. It was it was crazy for a couple of oh, years. Oh. I don't know. So people were getting married on that. Yeah, people get married on there. People doing all sorts of things. People went crazy for it, and um, so a lot of comparisons have been made to Roblox. But there's a few differences. Um, Roblox isn't uh, all the games aren't interconnected, even though they're all available on the one platform, and um, you have to start to download the game. So you just can't, in fact, start the game up. Uh, the other the other thing that comes up a lot is Minecraft comparisons to Minecraft, but. Roblox isn't like Minecraft. Minecraft is a single game. Roblox is multiple games. Uh, you can't build houses in Roblox, which again you could do in Second Life as well. Um, it's uh, the, it's which is interesting. The more I read about it, the more it's less like a game and more like it just is this virtual world where you can go in and make games. It's a platform mm. on a platform. Mm. Um, which is which in itself is interesting because what? Go on, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, what what happens, uh, 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 like with dreams coming out, and then, like you said, Mario Maker will. You know, if they if people are just releasing these kind of game making games on their platforms, then what what's the point in developers? They're just making tools. <laughs> They're no longer making games. Do you know what I mean? It's like well, one of the things that it says right at the bottom of this is what is the current level of professionalization among Roblox developers studios, and it puts low to non-existent. Like many top earning <laughs> games are run by solo teenage developers, um, and very few are run by small groups of semi professionalized game developers and artists. So it's more really just, it's not, I don't think there's that much depth to what you see in Roblox. It's just mm. something that's as simple as can be. I mean, I've seen some of the Mario Maker levels, and you just think, how did you make this? Why would you make this? It's, you know, I mean, it must have taken so much time to do those things, as well as the idea to, for, you see the people who actually complete those crazy courses. Yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Whereas, like, I don't think, like, Roblox, oh, once again, this is an assumption, but I don't think Roblox has anything like that, where you can make something that it's, you know, so difficult. You can't make it impossible to kind of complete, you know? So it's mm. very much just, like, a very simple, very easy layout. But then, how are how are people making so much money out of Roblox? How are developers able There's to kids pay off? Playing it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, I mean, if you get big, it, like first way, you don't need. I mean, I, I don't want to knock Roblox here because I'm obviously not the right person to say, oh, it's not very good. But you don't need to be the best toy in order to like you know become the biggest toy seller. You're just the one who every kid's buying. You know. No, I mean, so, I mean, you know, first way, there's got to be something there. I, I, so, that, I mean, pretty weird metaphor, right? But like, I mean, as a kid, I used to buy top trumps, right? Like, love top trumps. Uh, used to go to the back of a Woolworths, find a top trump, buy it, right? And then you have all like these different kinds of things. But all it is at the end of the day is it just says character intelligence, fifty nine or something like that, right? Uh, wits, wits, yeah, uh, sixty two. You know, there, there's no depth to it. It's just like a very simple. Okay, Cost this is my number. Yeah. This is my number. Okay, you win. It's not like a Magic the Gathering or a Pokemon card game or what have you. Well, arguably, know, which arguably has, like, those games. And... Arguably, those games can be quite simple at times as well. But um... sorry, Kieran, you were going to say? I was going to go on a slight tangent and suggest that actually, 
in a way, it's kind of surprising the the valuation of the company because there's two two things that stick out in my mind that they'll have to sort of overcome as the platform gets massive, and just this news in of itself will will have that wildfire effect, mm. um, and that's moderation of these uh, games that are being mm. created because presumably the you know parental control censorship these kind of things the more yeah. games being created the more people you need mm-hmm. checking and making sure there's no explicit content or whatever yeah, um, yeah. and then the second thing is the, the thing we were talking about earlier is actually the people people playing these games and the moderation of that um because i think we mentioned club penguin earlier that weren't was there some story about terrorists using club penguin to communicate or was really? that just four lions? I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna I, I haven't heard of that, but I mean, like something like that, things like that do pop up and they do happen, don't they? Because they're not, you know, they're new, new mediums uh, of communication. Um, uh, I, I, there's an actually. I uh, just googled club club penguin and terrorists, and uh, it came up. There's some talk of terrorists using club penguin. It's go. May have placed that on the film Four Lions, where I think they're using something that's party. not Club Penguin, but obviously referencing yeah. it. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but the, you know, there's obviously things like that. You've obviously got your predators as well. Yeah, of course. So, you know, it's a huge undertaking when you've got half half of kids in America playing your game to make sure that your system is not being um, used by those people. Um, and it, you know, it seems. <sighs> I don't want to be negative on it, but it seems almost inevitable that eventually there will be some story like that. I think you're right. I think um, like every big think... game that, that has, well, nearly every big game, um, you know, when Pokemon Go came out, there were people falling off cliffs um, <laughs> and shit like this. And, uh, you know, every every social game, you, you'll have you'll have those people, sadly. Um, yeah. I, the one thing I just want to say with Roblox is, is that we're obviously gamers, right? So normally when someone asks me a question on, oh, what kind of game is Overwatch? What kind of game is Grand Theft Auto, right? You've got a vague idea on what the game is, whether you've played it or not. Like, but with Roblox, as someone who plays games, as someone who, you know, knows quite a lot, well, you know, there's a bit about the mainstream games that come out. Yeah. Roblox is such a big game and it's so big with kids. Yeah, it's something that just in general I don't really know well, that's much what... about. So how how and just trying to find things out about it, it says Roblox is really two things: an app store full of games and a set yeah, of games there to the app store. But how easy is that for parents who don't know a thing about games well, that's... to understand? Able to understand? That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it because I, up until this point, I had the mind was under the impression that Roblox was a little bit like Minecraft in that Minecraft in itself has got the ability for you to create things within Minecraft, like sub, not sub games, but there are tools that allow me to almost program the environment within Minecraft. Uh, and, you know, I, and I thought it was a bit like that. I thought this, it was a game that happened to be being monetized by people making stuff within the, within it. But actually it'd be fair to say it is more like dreams in which in the fact that it's, it's this platform that's being used to actually specifically make things. That I, think, I think that's for a small section of people though. Like, I can definitely see the Roblox and Minecraft uh, similarities because they're both creative games. When you play but Minecraft, when I you play say... Roblox, you could play it to create. Uh, like, well, like Roblox yourself. isn't a game, though. Sorry? 
That's that's the point. The robots isn't a game, is it? But, well, it's for a... the for just simple purposes, we'll just call it okay. a game because <laughs> <laughs> what else is it then, isn't it? You know, because like the kids who play this game. I don't think the vast majority of them, as I said, uh, I think as it says on the article there, um, they're not playing it to make levels. They're just finding levels and playing them. Yeah, yeah. It's a small section of people who are making these games. So yeah, in, in, in its core, it's just you've got like these small little things that are easy to jump into. And, you know, I, I've seen the creative aspect of the games where like someone says, oh, I put chairs here. I'm now a fireman. I'm now a, a nurse. You know, there's just kind of, it's a game where, you are like an avatar and you just create pins and about it and you just kind of personalize your world essentially mm. yeah it, um, it makes me think of like facebook in a way like um i don't know if they still focus too much on this but do you remember a couple of years ago facebook were really doubling down on games I on do. facebook um yeah. really trying to push that and that's obviously facebook is in a way facebook is a game but it is a social thing with games on the side and this is almost like the opposite it's like it's a ga- game platform with a strong social element um mm. i don't know yeah, I, I, that's this impression the impression i'm getting is especially now that we've gone public is they are going to lean into them being a platform and it is going to cause um rather than the game they're a platform for games and it's going to cause problems so the other thing that crops to mind is what's happened to um Epic on uh, on Apple and Epic's and, and Google actually. Epic's argument is they don't want to take a cut. Uh, they don't want the they want the, well, they want the cut that Apple and Google take reduced, uh, or they want to be able to offer their own app stores to sell their games. And I think there's a similar problem to how XCloud was struggling to install an app on uh, on I on iOS. That XCloud is essentially a platform to other games. So Apple are like, no, no, you can't compete there. So, you know, wouldn't you say that Roblox is the same as those guys? They're like, Roblox is essentially now a platform for other games. So what what point do Apple suddenly say to Roblox, no, you can't be on our platform. You're doing exactly the same as Epic and Microsoft tried to do. It's got to be a point where they're going to go, no. But or unless, of course, Roblox are just happy to give their 30% of whatever they make on top of the games to Apple, which they might be doing. I, I, don't I, I, I assume that what is what what's happening because you can buy fins in Roblox, which is yeah. part of the so they, reason why they're making the money that they are. So, so they must be making so much money that they don't. Well, at what point do they start caring about that thirty percent? If if Epic were to win against Apple and um, and Google, which mm, I'm not sure about, but. If, Epic, if 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 suddenly there was a, a anti uh, competition laws that prevented or that allowed alternative app stores onto uh, Apple phones, then surely Roblox are going to be straight in there. Go by well. The one thing with together. Roblox, though, uh, as we said, is that Fortnite is obviously big on you know your console platforms and your PC, right? Like, yeah. uh, I think Roblox needs the App Store more than a game like Fortnite does. So at the moment, uh, so at the moment, I don't think Roblox is gonna just like go, oh yeah, well we'll we'll make our own car- uh, store and we'll <laughs> take our own cuts because I don't think they're in a position necessarily to do that. They're making a lot of money, but it's obviously working the model that they got at the moment. Now, if something happened with a whole like system change, uh, I assume that that's going to just kind of, uh, you know, just reflect on what Roblox is doing, right? You yeah. know, they're just going to just go with the flow, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Kevin's just had a second call, so we'll just carry on talking about Roblox for a bit. Um, I think um, uh, as it, it's kind of, I think the, the next step for Roblox has got to be they've got to go out on the Sony platforms, right? I mean, like you say, if they're if they 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 they're not on console majorly in way or pop next box um so at some point they're going to go well we need to tap into that playstation crowd surely there's going to be i mean it could but i don't does it need to like and would it suit roblox because well, roblox yeah, isn't make... a i mean i i mean there are like a lot of mobile games that i know that like try to push themselves on playstation like fallout shelter but i don't know how Good of a job like Fallout Shelter, for example, does on uh, PlayStation compared to mobile, where it's realistically a mobile game. Where uh, well, now that they've gone public, they're going to have shareholders to be beholden to, and the shareholders are going to want them to just keep making kajillions and kajillions loads of money for them. So if that's the case, then they have it, to. If they went on PlayStation, I think the only reason why. Which is so that Roblox can say, okay, we're now on another platform and we have X yeah. amount of people who use it here. But it's not like that would be necessary for them. It would just be, okay, here's a platform that we're now accessible well, on. It, it do, would, and I don't think it would push or change Roblox in any real significant way going on PlayStation. Okay. Now, what you talked about Roblox being huge in America and, you know, stuff towards 200 million monthly active users i wonder whether roblox has any distribution over in asia at all now you know just curious because that would be a reason to get into not just um playstation but potentially uh to nintendo as well i mean can you imagine roblox on the, on the switch that would be huge i think roblox on the switch is actually more beneficial for it because yeah. it's a kind of a better, um, easier platform to get, and especially given the uh, audience that Nintendo targets, so that that mm. that definitely comes across. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though, right? To a degree, you look at the money that Roblox is making. If they wanted to go on PlayStation, if they wanted to go on Nintendo, and I can see the benefits of them going on Nintendo Switch more than I can PlayStation. Uh, why haven't they done it already? Mm, that's a good point. They've been around for a while, haven't they? Why haven't they done it already? Yeah, maybe maybe the block is at Sony slash Nintendo's end. Yeah, or maybe they. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, well, any last comments on uh, Roblox? Uh, Sorry, you know, I, I I dropped out of the conversation there, but you were just um, talking about the the Epic and the Apple Store thing, and oh, yeah, um, yeah. I I had a an article up from the Guardian, and they were comparing roblox rather than to the app store they were comparing it to youtube because interesting youtube is supposed to be or it was originally user generated content and that's you know is a large part of youtube still mm-hmm. um and so there's no problem google slash apple have well obviously not google uh... apple don't really have a problem with youtube it's just people watching other people's videos and they're making yeah. money and um, yeah, 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 you're right. If they start, if if professional developers started selling their game content through Roblox, then Apple would probably have a problem. That's probably it, right? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, unless they're doing it through the App Store, I guess. That's that was the issue with the Epic Games, wasn't it? That they were. Yeah. Well, uh, Apple, uh, Epic to... were. I think Epic had two kind of arguments. They were like one, they wanted to reduce the cut 
of um, what Apple and Google are taking, and the sort of second thing which tied into that was that the way they wanted to reduce it is by putting their own store on there and selling Fortnite there. I wonder I how Roblox gets around that because they presumably have one currency for every platform. So if well, you're buying it directly from their website, surely it shows up in your. I, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Uh, this is the thing. Is it one account across platforms? We don't know enough about it. We're probably we'll gonna... go away, play Roblox for 10 hours, come back. <laughs> Do you know what? I might I might actually download and just see, just to see what all the fuss is about. I just might see it. Just, you know. Yeah, make some money. Yeah, make some money, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Let's, um, let's, cut, let's leave it there. Uh, Roblox for noobs by noobs. Uh, I think that's how we can sum that up. That's... <laughs> We um, we're going to go over to Gareth's odd game trailer of the week. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Gareth's odd trailer of the week. Um, wow. Um, sex sells in video game trailers, and sometimes you just do a little hint. And sometimes you just don't care. They they really didn't care. Enjoy. Uh, thank you, Gareth. Um, that yeah, there was. So- Subtlety is definitely not in the cards for that trailer. Um, <laughs> anyway. I think that's something that we can all agree on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to go over to recommendations of the week. Okay. Um, I think, Will, you can go first this week because uh, I like your choice. Oh, okay. So, well, you might not actually like it considering that my technic my actual recommendation isn't the game that you're probably thinking of. It's oh, okay. Jonah- it's basically my recommendation of the week is Jonah Lomu Rugby Challenge. Okay. So I reckon you're probably thinking of the PS One version. Oh, I am thinking of that. You're not thinking of the what? We should, we should, oh, right. I, I I had a PS Three version of the game, and this is the one that I grew up playing. And here's okay. the thing: I haven't actually played the PS One version, but my guess is it's far better than the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> We, what, what, so you're recommending an inferior version of the game that... Well, I, I, thought, I can't recommend a game I haven't played. That's true, that's true. I thought you had played it because we have it in the shop. Uh, it's obviously uh, Six Nations um, in the uh, over here in the Northern Hemisphere. Big part of um, big part of UK culture around this time of year. And uh, certainly when we are in Cardiff, it's very, very big. Uh, we just had a rather big weekend of rugby. Um, uh we won't say anything more than that. Just next week is very important. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, as yeah. we're operated in Cardiff, we are we're, yeah. we're very much in the realm of like the Wales camp. Yeah. Where we were right by the stadium, yeah, so we yeah, always yeah. get there for a match day atmosphere. Now we haven't had that this year because well, we haven't been open during the Six Nations <laughs> yeah. and Got there's it. been no fans. But we always it's always a good time to get excited about rugby. Yeah. Uh, just every year. It's and you know if you're just missing that if you're a fan of Six Nations, uh, just play your old rugby games because yeah. and here's the thing right. Is this like, why you're playing this? Uh, well, to be honest, I haven't played this in a while, 
but this was actually the last game I played on my PlayStation 3 not too long ago. Uh, and I, it, you know, I could see the problems in the game, right? It's not perfect. And uh, it has, it doesn't have, it's one of those games that doesn't have the licenses for every single team. Uh, but it has the licenses for the club team. So, for example, it okay. has the license for the Cardiff Blues. So it has like players like Lee Halfpenny, Sam Warburton, uh, those kinds of guys, right? Jamie Roberts. But they'll have different names for their Welsh counterparts. So they'll use the same ca- uh, character models. But they'll have like Lethal Penny, Sam Warburton, <laughs> you know, things like that, right? So you know, it, it gets kind of funny like that. But, you know, it was just a game that I grew up playing, right? Because you, uh, as we are big rugby fans, the, the FIFA games were big and stuff and they were fun and they were always mm-hmm. like fun to get into. But you always wanted a rugby counterpoint to that, right? Because rugby's also big here, especially here. So it's like, yeah. where, where's those games? I want to play rugby games, especially as rugby is just a fun sport. So this is the one that I had, the game that I had growing up because I always just like really wanted to get into it. And uh, it had like the club modes and it had the licenses for them. So it was actually kind of realistic in that way. But, you know, it, I mean, I just liked it as a kid and it okay. evokes positive memories, always like going through the tournaments and stuff. And uh, yeah, like I could sometimes go through a Six Nations tournament mode because it was like quite quick. So I ever just okay. fancy doing that at this time of year, I would always kind of go through that. So uh, it's fun. But, you know, I mean, I, let's kind of extend this recommendation. Uh, I mean, this is on PS3, Xbox, 360, uh, PC, and somehow on Vita, but I don't want to know what that version is, <laughs> quite honest with you. Wow. But, um, but just extend it to the rugby game that you grew up playing, right? Okay. Like, so if it was your Jonah Loma rugby, if it was one of your PS2 rugby games, uh, just, just go with it. Because, you know, right. I mean, this is the time of year to get into rugby. It's the final week. We're, I mean, we're, we're I mean, upbeat about the way it's gone. So, you know, just so if you want to get like that rugby atmosphere, you can't do it at the pub, but you can do it through video games. And what better way than playing General Lobby <laughs> Rugby Challenge? All right. right. How's, this, how's this for an idea, right? Next year, when we've got the studio, <laughs> we're do a, a Six Nations tournament. We get six volunteers and stuff, and we have our own Six Nations tournament. What a cracking idea. What, a yes. video game version? Yeah, well, with rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Official uh, teams from ten years the, ago. Not the PS1 version, uh, of course. To be honest, that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Because I, the, the way I played this game is so in rugby, especially nowadays, you have like a lot of kicks. I never did kicks. I always just passed the ball. Especially playing as Cardiff, the amount of knock-ons. So you drop the ball <laughs> and it would stop the game. <laughs> Happened so much because our overall was so low. But so yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's okay. a good, it's a good fun game. If you're ever into it, knock yourself out or play your general Loma rugby on oh. PS One because that's a good classic one. Uh, Kieran, you're going to surprise us with your recommendation this week. Yeah, so um, uh, I've had a nice long weekend this weekend, and I've been playing a game also from my childhood, um, and that's Skies of Arcadia. Um, Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, specifically Skies of Arcadia Legends, which is the GameCube version. Um, so this is a this is a JRPG that originally okay. came out on the Dreamcast. Um, first JRPG I ever played, even before I even knew what the term was. Um, okay. Probably the most efficient way of describing this is it's the best Final Fantasy game that isn't Final Fantasy. Um, it's a really okay. fun sort of swashbuckling epic adventure. You play as uh, some <laughs> sky pirates in the <laughs> Um 
it, it, I mentioned Final Fantasy because if I had one nitpick, it's that it does wear its influences on its sleeve um, <laughs> a bit. You are going around this big, interesting world to get six crystals before the Evil Empire does. Um, so, you know, there's definitely, uh, it, it's definitely very influenced by Final Fantasy, particularly Final Fantasy VII, which it does borrow a lot from heavily. Um, despite being quite different in tone. Just really, really good um, story, character work. Um, the combat is turn-based, but it's just, I don't know, it's just really nicely balanced. Um, and just, yeah, it's just turn-based combat at its best, I think. You're you playing uh, this on the Dreamcast? I had it on Dreamcast originally, but I am playing the GameCube version because um, right. they... I think they slightly tweaked the graphics and they added a bunch load more content. Um, so yeah, if you oh, and the music the music's really good as well. The music's really excellent. So well, that's yeah. what every JRPG needs, though, isn't it? <laughs> Just good a brilliant music. soundtrack. Um, I can definitely see the Final Fantasy influence. Uh, just like you know, especially like kind of like the Final Fantasy X kind of years. It definitely looks like kind of that kind of game, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got yeah, it's definitely yeah, very bright. Bright visuals, very anime esque. Um, yeah, I'd say if anyone's into JRPGs and hasn't played it already, it's uh, definitely one to track down. Okay, all right, cool. Um, I'm going to uh, recommend uh, a game that, and I double check that no one else has recommended this. I haven't. I'm going to recommend Valheim because uh, we've been playing it for two last two weeks on stream. Um, I, I wouldn't say it made tons of progress, but it's really seeing. I can see why it's really popular there's something really appealing about it it's very uh good it's a good game check out it on stream uh, vikings and crafting and minecraft and a bit of survival like rust um i'm starting to get just a little bit now just i, I accidentally wandered into the black forest and uh got chased by some creatures uh <laughs> and uh, to fight them with my bow and arrow which i'm really rubbish with but uh, it took me ages to make a bow and arrow as well but the fact is, you know, that it's starting to it's starting to change from like a build your house kind of game into a survive the enemies kind of game. You're like you can see the progression, so it's good. So I recommend it. See definitely why it's popular. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Simple as that, really. Yeah, uh, I, cool. I, I watched a little bit of your stream and I saw it took a while to just kind of get your house moving. You decide, <laughs> oh, this isn't going to work for us. We'll have to move somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I, I moved the house. I I, I thought, okay, right. I, I finally figured out how to flatten land. Because like, I was like building a house and I had a rock in the middle of the land and there's grass everywhere. I was like, and I finally figured out I could flatten the land and then put some stuff down. So I was like, oh, if I'm going to build a new house, I'm going to put it by the water so it's nice and peaceful. You know, like, you know, you wanted, everyone wants to live by the water. Uh, what I discovered is that when it gets really stormy, the water level goes really high. It comes into the house. <laughs> so now I've got a house of floods. I'm like, ah, oh, those Vikings really struggled, didn't they, back in the day? Anyway, um... So, Valheim, General uh, Rugby Challenge on the PS3, and Skies of Arcadia. Those are our recommendations and what we're playing. Um, right, uh, we're going to switch over to our upcoming stuff. Um, so, upcoming this week, um, we just pushed out a little amusing video that Kieran made. Uh, just today, uh, yesterday, uh, as this is going out on Monday, uh, go and check it out on YouTube. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say on it. Uh, 
mostly though it's us streaming this week so uh monday nights uh it's still portal 2 wednesday nights is still uh super mario from tom jones uh thursday super mario is rpg mario rpg sorry thank you from uh tom jones uh valheim for me on thursdays as just mentioned uh you guys will be playing for guys this friday yeah yeah uh saturday winning, guys, and winning yes we have high hopes uh, Saturday morning is Hades from Sarah, and Saturday night is Borderlands 2, uh, as we touched on. And uh, Sunday, uh, as I, again I mentioned earlier, is our new live Dungeons & Dragons stream uh, from Scott and the team and friends. Um, so it's a campaign called The Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, we just had the first game last week. I think we've technically done it two weeks in a row, but the first, first one was... Uh, like a getting the getting the characters all set up and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it it's very popular stream. Uh, go and watch it. It's a lot of fun. The guys seem to be enjoying it anyway. Uh, and that's on Sunday. Uh, what else is happening for the arcade vaults? Well, um, not a lot. <laughs> We're still closed. However, uh, slowly but surely, uh, shops are reopening. So. Uh, you may see, as as restrictions are lifted, you may see us recording face to face a bit more in the future. As you can see, I'm actually in the arcade vaults behind me, and you might have seen people wandering around in the blurry background. <laughs> it left, they're just walking by, and I keep looking over, and people, are, some kids waved at me earlier, which is nice. Um, you've, so, been, uh, you've been decorating, haven't you, Chris? I have been decorating, yes. Uh, you can't really see much of it here because I've blurred the background out. But uh, uh, there's 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 a fair few bits. We've got um, we've got a new kitchen area for some new um, uh, new things coming up on the menu. We've got new signs. We've got new window stuff. Um, there's going to be a few surprises in the game front. Yeah, just a few tweaks, just to well, polish up. All that Twitch money. Sorry. So that's which money? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> no, I I literally built built up all this stuff with scraps of wood and paint that have been lying around the arcade. <laughs> but uh, it will look really good, I promise. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, Tom will be back next week. Uh, I don't know with who yet, but he will be back next week. Uh, thanks, Kieran. Thanks, Will. Um, Great to have you on. Great to catch up. Uh, we shall probably do this again in a few weeks, I'm sure. Cheers, yeah. guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Enjoy, my time. Enjoy Roblox. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs>